What's going on, people? It's your boy Kalechi back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves. I hope y'all are washing your hands. I hope y'all are still wearing your mask. Where is my mask? As a matter of fact, it's somewhere. I don't know where it is right now. It's somewhere. But I hope y'all are still wearing your masks because the coronavirus pandemic is very much still alive, my friends. It is very much still alive. As a matter of fact, Let's start this off with some sad stuff, with a, a sad statistics. We just crossed over 400,000 deaths in the United States from the coronavirus pandemic. It took us to get from zero COVID deaths to 300,000 deaths from January, and we crossed 300,000 in, I believe it was November. And it has taken us from November to January 2021 to get to 400,000 deaths. This thing is still very much alive. So please, 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 guys, take it seriously. Do all the things you know you ought to do. I know it's hard. I know we've been in this lockdown mode for so long. I know you want to go outside and do all the things that you're used to doing. But seriously, guys, please take this very seriously because this thing is not over just yet. We're not over with this pandemic just yet. We're not done with dealing with the situation that we are in just yet. So please take this pandemic seriously take this stuff very seriously guys i know it's hard i know we you, it's difficult to just continually stay in this place where we feel like man we should be off and running and doing what we need to be doing but we're not there yet so please take the precautions seriously take the precautions seriously wash your hands wear your mask if you're eligible to get the vaccine take the vaccine maybe i don't know that's on you you can decide if you want to take it or if you feel like it's a chip that they're gonna use to track you oh wait that's a that's something that people have been saying online which is just uh we thank god we thank god that we have a new president we thank god that we got a new president we thank god that we have a same president we thank god we have a man that has some sense i'm just saying man i'm just so glad that we now have a president that isn't gonna have diarrhea of the mouth all the time now we have a president that isn't on some alt-right BS movement, man. I'm so glad that we now have a president that can actually communicate with words rather than with anger. And we have a president that's actually not in trying to incite violence and anguish every single time. That is trying to berate people wherever he goes. Congratulations to President Joseph or as we Nigerians like to call him, President Olua Joseph Bidemi. <laughs> as I have chosen, that is his name. Actually, Biden, Joseph Biden is now our president. And so, you know, we are celebrating that. And congratulations to Vice President Kamala, or Kamala, 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 Kamala Harris. And, you know, they had the inauguration today. It was a somber inauguration because there were National Guard troops everywhere, literally everywhere, because, you know, after the insurrection that took place a couple of weeks ago, ain't nobody playing no games with this. Nobody trying to play no games with anything that might happen this week. So, you know, they had National Guard, they had military, everything. They were posted up ready for anything that could possibly happen. So... That, that took place today, and we're excited to go into a new four years of hopefully 
uh, more reasoning, more discourse, less fighting, less hatefulness, less division. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that's going to be the case. I really do hope that's going to be the case, but we'll see what happens from here. We don't have control over the situation. We just leave it all in God's hands. And that's all we can do because we're a bear and mare mortals and human beings who can't even predict the future. And we can't even predict what we're going to eat in five years time or even what we're going to eat in two months time. We can't predict any of that. We just know that in two months time, hopefully we got food on the table by the grace of God. But anyway, that's besides the point. We got a lot to get into today. Actually, I said we got a lot, but I'm not sure if it's a whole lot. It's a good number of things. There's been a lot that's been happening in the markets and in the business world due to everything that's going on with Joe Biden becoming president and everything else that happened before that. We got a lot to discuss and we are going to discuss it beginning right here. Unfortunately, the negative news continues. We were expecting unemployment to have an uptick from the previous week. The estimates were set to be about 800,000 new unemployment claims, which the previous week we had had 700 plus thousand new unemployment claims. But with COVID-19 spiking, as I alluded to earlier on in this podcast, unemployment claims rose up, which remember unemployment claims is people registering for unemployment for the first time or either registering for one version of the unemployment package that is available. There's like four different ones that's available. There's a typical unemployment. There's the pandemic uh, unemployment assistance. And there's another one that's on there. I don't I don't know all of them off the top of my head. But anyway, the unemployment came, claims number rose up to 965,000 new claims in the week of January from the 4th to the 8th. It is the highest we have seen since August of 2020. Since August of 2020. And you guys remember what happened in August of 2020. There was a spike in coronavirus cases and things started shutting back down. And even right now, even though things aren't shutting back down because it's cold, and because of how everything has been playing out, a lot of businesses are just shedding jobs. I, I t- spoke about this last week where people were like, oh, the jobs are going to come back. But the thing is, like a lot of these businesses are just shedding jobs and it's jobs that are probably not going to come back. This is not a good news for the for the economy. This is not good news for the economy. We're not in a lockdown mode anymore, like I said, but we're still shedding jobs ridiculously fast. The report also showed that at least 18.4 million people received unemployment benefits in December. Remember, everyone has been hyping up the fact that, oh, we're in recovery mode because we're dropping down from that 22 million number that we saw at the height of the pandemic. But that only dropped now that we're looking at this number that 18.4 million people are still receiving unemployment benefits. Remember what I said, that there are people which the unemployment rate does not count because they have just straight up dropped off from the unemployment rate. They've just straight up dropped off from the unemployment number. They're just straight up dropped off from trying to search for a job and the unemployment number doesn't account for that. But this accounts for everybody that's receiving a check in their mail due to unemployment, due to not having any money in their pocket. And in December, that number was 18.4. Compare that to 22 million. It's still very high. It's still very high. So we still have a lot to do when it comes to helping people through this pandemic period. And our president, he says, I am not taking this one lying down. I have already been prepared. I am prepared to fight this battle properly. I have come armed with the Federal Reserve and I have come armed with a plan. 
he said he is ready to fight this thing tooth and nail at least that's what nigerians like to say he said he revealed a plan to spend 1.9 trillion dollars in the economy this will bring the total amount of government spending for this crisis to about five trillion dollars which is about 25 percent of the u.s gdp that is a lot of money that is a lot of money we got a lot of money but it is substantially more than any other country has provided a lot of people have been talking about oh look, this country has done this that country has done that but the u.s really has outspent any other country but at the same time it, how are you supporting the country it's it varies like depending on what you do it can actually help versus not help that much but anyway we're not going to get into that discussion uh however the u.s had to do more because the first stimulus was not exactly what i would like to call a precision sniper shot it was more like a hopeful bazooka into a general area and was like hey we gonna do something and hopefully this fixes something it's like when you're playing call of duty or you're playing any shooter and you're like you're trying to find a dude you're like i can't where is this guy at and you're like forget it you bring out your rocket launcher and you just blow up the entire building because you're like i don't know where to shoot i don't know where he's hiding at so you know what? i'm just gonna blow up the entire building if he's in there he's gonna die hopefully but sometimes like with any bazooka shot when you blow up the entire building you end up hurting more people than actually helping them and that kind of happened with the first stimulus package where it helps but at the same time there was a lot of foolery that went on with that stimulus package but anyway the new stimulus package from Ogabidemi will include a 1400 stimulus check to everybody increasing the weekly unemployment benefit from $300 to $400 and then extending it to September remember when they passed that second stimulus package the 900 billion dollar one that they passed in December that only extended unemployment benefits through March. It was basically like a general, like, oh, we just need a carryover type of stimulus package to send people and just kind of calm them down for a little bit, at least until we get through this transition period. Well, he is including and he's saying, no, we're going to do weekly unemployment benefits and we're going to inc increase that until September with the hope that in September things are starting to get back to normal. He is also increasing the federal minimum wage to 15%, which that has less to do with the pandemic and more to do with like he's trying to get some things done for his presidency. He's also extending eviction and foreclosure moratoriums until September. Remember, those were supposed to expire in December. They passed that bridge grab. Those were now going to expire, I believe, at the end of February. He's extending that all the way to September. And then he's going to spend $350 billion or rather give $350 billion to state, local and local government. Remember, state and local government have been saying, yo, we don't have money because people are not spending money like they usually do. So we can't get any of those tax dollars to be able to do what we want to do. We need some help. We need more money to be able to do this vaccine rollout, all that kind of stuff. So they're giving more money to state and local government. If you're noticing something, these were all the points that Democrats wanted on the list for a long time and they couldn't get it. And now that the Democrat have both the Senate and the House, Hopefully they can push this through, but there's a slight little, little bit of a snag that we'll talk about in a second. They're also giving, uh, he also plans to give $170 billion to K-12 schools and universities as well. $50 billion for extra COVID testing so that people don't have to pay when they go get tested for this thing, which I still don't understand why any hospital is charging anybody for this thing. But hey, at the end of the day, business is business. We live in a capitalist society. They got to feed and they got to feed their families and they got to pay their their people as well. So it makes it makes sense to a degree. 
and then $20 billion for na national vaccine programs. In other words, to roll out this vaccine because this rollout has been a whole lot of a slower than it was expected to be. And this is just part one of Biden's plan. The second part of the plan, it has to do more with infrastructure reform, climate change, job creation, and racial equity, which that is actually the part of the plan that we actually get to build back better. That's his, that's been Ogapidemi's uh, slogan. Let's build back better, build back better. In other words, let's use this pandemic as a, as a time to be able to change some of the things that we haven't liked and make things better while we are building up from the flames of the destruction that is known as the COVID-19 pandemic. So the second part of his plan, which he hasn't re released the numbers yet, but it's going to focus, like I said, on infrastructure. So that's things like roads, things like waterways, those kind of things, climate change and job creation, which of course the infrastructure stuff will lead to job creation in things like EVs, being able to have charging stations. If the government sponsors more of that, hopefully we can get more EV charging stations to lead the charge so that we can start seeing more electric vehicles on the road. And maybe we'll start shifting away from gas guzzlers, but that's still going to take some time down the road. Moving on from all the stimulus talk, let's get into Three names that every single person who has anything or likes keeping up with stocks or likes keeping up with the business world, three names that you need to know and you need to remember. We all know about Papa Powell, who is the guy over the Federal Reserve. We like to call him Papa Powell. We're excited. Jerome Powell still stays on as Federal Reserve Chairman. But we got three new incoming people for the Biden administration. The first one is Janet Yellen, who was the former head of of the Biden, or my bad, former head of the Federal Reserve when Obama was in office before Papa Powell did the Papa kick and kicked her out of there and took over. And then now she's being, not, Biden nominated her as his treasury secretary. The second person to know is Gary Gensler. Gensler? Gensler? My bad. Gary Gensler to serve as commissioner over the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC. No, not Southern, uh, what's the Southeastern Conference. No, we ain't talking about football. We're talking about SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, the guys who oversee basically what people are doing in the stock market to make sure there's no such thing as insider trading going on to make to protect investors and all that kind of stuff. The third person is Rohit Chopra, who will head up the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. What's up with all the bureaus? But anyway, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. These names are very important because these are the three people that will determine how the financial world will be governed going forward. So moving into the future, how we do everything. These are the guys that are going to determine how that all plays out. Expect them to be very aggressive with regulations going forward. As the two guys I just mentioned, which is Gary Gensler and Rohit Chopra, fall out from the Elizabeth Warren tree. And as they say, you don't fall too far from the tree. Everything they learn, they learn from Elizabeth Warren. And if there's one thing we all know about Elizabeth Warren, she likes them regulation. She likes being things to be regulated a little bit. And so, you know, these three guys or these two guys, plus Jenna Yellen, she's also kind of heavy. She's a heavy hitter as well. Expect a lot of regulation. Let me give you a couple of examples of some regulations that we can expect going into the future. One, cryptocurrency. That's going to happen. 
Janet Yellen is already talking about the dangers of cryptocurrency in her uh, nomination interview that she had in front of the, the nomination here in my bad that she had in front of the uh, in front of Senate on Tuesday. That was one of the things she talked about. She was like, yo, that space is dangerous. We got to do something about that. So expect regulations to cryptocurrency in one form or another. Everybody that keeps on talking about decentralized crypto, crypto is the future because of decentralization. I'm like, ha, y'all funny. You think the government is actually really going to let people be making money and where they can't tax it, where they can't touch it, where they can't track it, where illegal activities can take on way too easily? Nah, y'all, y'all, y'all don't know. Y'all must not know. But anyway, that's coming. And then the second thing is they're going to, maybe crack down on Robin Hood's gamification of trading. That's another thing that they've mentioned that even Jenny Yellen mentioned in her press conference. So Robin Hood, if you guys don't know Robin Hood's gamification, basically if you have the Robin Hood app, every time you buy a stock, it just shoots up confetti and it makes it fun. It makes it feel like a video game. Every time you buy a stock or sell a stock or do anything on the platform, it makes it way too exciting and it allows people to get into this feeding frenzy of of uh buying more or selling more and just it's the whole dangerous situation i mean there was an 18 year old kid uh, or 18 year old boy who took his life because of the way that robin hood was handling things on this platform so that's something that robin hood might be seeing more regulations coming down the stretch chinese companies that keep evading u.s auditing guess what they coming for you they coming for you you ain't got a man in office that's just kind of talking and talking and not really trying to do a coordinated targeted attack on all the chinese companies doing all kinds of nonsense stealing ip stealing uh, ideas from u.s companies all those kind of things no 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 now it's going to be coordinated on chinese companies so prepare for a lot more of that when when that comes around when these people finally take over which will happen like tonight when i'm recording this podcast On the consumer side of things, expect a crackdown on bank overdraft fees and a look into the student loan crisis. Now, I said a look into it doesn't mean they're going to forgive your student loans. I know uh, BDME has mentioned that he wants to take off about $10,000 from student loans to help students out. I don't think they're going to wipe it out completely. I don't think that student loans should be wiped out completely. That's just my idea. I don't think it should be wiped out completely. I think student loans should not be wiped out completely, but I would, at the same time, I think that the schooling systems need to be subsidized by the government, but we shouldn't wipe out student loans completely because there's some other factors that most people don't think about when it comes to that whole thing. I'm still trying to come to a consensus on my belief on what I think should be done with student loans. I'm listening to a lot of people talk about it. I'm listening to a lot of intelligent people who believe that the student loan crisis is a thing and they believe that there should be some forgiveness, but there shouldn't be all the way wiped out. I'm also listening to people that are just kind of like student loans. You got it. You dealt with it. Therefore, it's your fault. You need to deal with it. And I'm trying to balance those two ideas out. But as far as wiping all of it out completely, I don't think so. I think there should be some kind of balancing act. Also, climate change. Expect a lot more discussions about climate change, about how banks are dealing with climate change, what kind of companies are they lending money to, and then also how businesses are handling climate change. Expect to see either a higher tax bracket or some kind of penalty placed on businesses that are not trying to do anything with climate change. Remember, we just had four years of Donald Trump where he didn't care about climate change. As a matter of fact, he actively tried to destroy anything that had to do with climate change. And so there's going to be a major reversal in that way 
And then finally, I already talked about China and the fact that it's going to be very targeted at trying to deal with China. As a matter of fact, they already came out and said that the, the way China treated the Uyghur Muslims in China, that that was a genocide. So expect to see some sanctions on China due to that coming up. But we will finish out the show with earnings because as you guys know, earnings season is a boss and we must talk about the earnings and we start off with banks because they always go first. I don't know why they always go first, but they do. And so we just go along with the show. We just enjoy it as they put it in front of our eyes and put it in front of our faces and we listen to the words that they have to say. First up, the bank that I'm paying attention to because I have some stake in this bank is Bank of America. They reported 10% lower revenue for 2020 than they had reported in 2019. A key stat, revenue is not the same as profit. Revenue is the total amount of money that they brought in. Profit is earnings, which shows like after they've paid everybody else, this is how much money they get to keep. They said that the reason that they were, that they had a loss in revenue was because of the lower interest rates, uh, because you know the Federal Reserve's dropped interest rate to basically nothing. One key thing to remember about Bank of America is Bank of America is very much a consumer-focused bank. In other words, it makes most of its money by borrowing its money out to small businesses or to you buying a mortgage or to student loans or to just basically personal um, credit cards. There's another way they make a lot of money. Uh, bit personal loans, all those kind of things is the way that Bank of America makes most of its money. The good note is it saw an increase in market uh, in mortgage loans, which of course that makes sense with the market, how it's been going recently. Everybody's buying a house, making it more expensive for me to be able to buy a freaking house. Everybody stop buying houses so I can afford one. Please, I thank you. Stop it. I'm just saying. But anyway, but at the same time, they may not see as much profit from those uh, loans because rates are extremely low. JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs, on the other hand, had killer, let me say it one more time, killer quarters because they have a larger exposure to the stock market. They are also investment backs as much as they are consumer focused backs. A lot more JP Morgan. JP Morgan is a lot more focused on, has both sides of investment and consumer. With all the volatility that was going on last year, a lot of people started investing and really a lot of people started trading and moving money around, which helped JP Morgan make a lot of money last year. JP Morgan, I mean, Goldman Sachs reported 18% growth in revenue and JP Morgan reported 15% growth in revenue. However, let's just put a little asterisk on these banks that are making money. One of the biggest things that came out of any of these reports was something Jamie Diamond said, or Jamie Dumont. I guess, I don't know how to say his name. Either Jamie Diamond or Jamie Dumont, who is the CEO of JP Morgan. He said that banks should be and I quote, scared S less, I, I don't I don't like to curse, should be scared S less of the fact that fintech companies are coming up and stealing a lot of market share for them. So they should be very much afraid of changes in the industry, which is very much true with platforms like Square, PayPal, and when you look at insurance, you look at Lemonade, you look at things like, uh, oh man, there's another one that I just heard about recently, but I can't remember right now. But all these platforms are changing the way people interact with banks. We have things like Chime that is making it so much easier for people to get into banking. You have an online bank that became so popular in Ally Bank. It still doesn't have any branches and is doing big things. So you have all these different companies that are challenging the typical infrastructures of banks. And so he says, yo, 
if we don't do what we need to do which is why a lot of people love jamie demon which is why i am considering getting out of bank of america and going into uh jp morgan but at the same time they're basically the same thing well one is more consumer focused one is investing focused which is i don't know i'll decide that one day but re- regardless it is some it's a threat to the ch- that challenges the way that banks have been doing things now to finish off the earnings section of this the only big tech earnings that reported this week was netflix and netflix well netflix they apparently we still stay at home and watching netflix every night i know but i have well i haven't been watching netflix I, me and my sister started this show called heroes which is an old tv show it's on amazon prime and we've been enjoying it. it's so good i you really forget how good shows were in the past but anyway we're watching the show prime anyway why am i talking about that netflix netflix had a major good quarter netflix saw netflix saw revenue grow to almost grow by 22 percent in the last quarter but even bigger than that they announced that they are almost cash positive in other words even though they're spending all kinds of money to make more and more movies and make more and more shows and create all these things they are still making a bunch of money and they're almost cash positive that is crazy they're profiting a lot but they're spending a lot of their profits to invest back in the business and they even said that they're considering a share buyback how crazy is that they're considering a share buyback that's how profits have grown as a matter of fact profits grew 76 percent subscribers grew by 8.5 million 8.5 million in the fourth quarter and now they have over 205 million paying subscribers the beautiful thing about netflix that a lot of people miss when they compare it to services like disney or hulu or amazon is the fact that netflix unlike those other ones netflix is literally the only streaming platform right now at least in my mindset that creates great international shows that has great international movies and tv shows so that's the one thing that other companies when they're saying that they they're addressable tam which is the addressable um what is it oh gosh what's it it's called a tam is the addressable market the total addressable market that's what it means for netflix it's been growing and it's still growing and growing and growing so and they're doing the best job when it comes to international movies, in my opinion. Let's finish this up with some extras, some thoughts that I had about the week. And I think everybody should keep in mind. If you had a chance to own one American sports team, which would you pick? Would you go with an NBA team or an NFL team? The right answer is an NBA team. At least in the last 10 years, it's been an NBA team. The value of NBA teams rose over 400% since 2010, with every single team in the NBA being worth more than $1 billion. Basically, if you think about it this way, NBA is Tesla, which means it's the future of cars, and the NFL is kind of like Exxon. Sure, it still has a bunch of money and makes a bunch of profit and still pays dividends and all that stuff, but the future is changing. And the future is not changing in the favor of the NFL if they keep doing things that the way they have been doing them. And then finally, the biggest news for me this week was the fact that there was an Israeli company called StoreDot that just announced that it created a car battery that can be charged in under 10 minutes. Under 10 minutes, which is crazy. Under 10 minutes. This is just major when it shows that, yo, we are moving more and more into the future. And this is great 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 news 
But anyway, that's all I got for y'all. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. And if you did, share this podcast with a friend. Share this knowledge with a friend. Share it with some family. Make them listen to it. There's a lot to be learned every single day. Once again, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate each and every single one of y'all. And if you have some time, go on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, not just a rating, but also write something up. Be like, oh, this dude, he's really funny because he says all kinds of nonsense. So that's why we like him. Boop, and post it if you got time. Just, you know, search me, leave a review. That would be awesome. Thank you guys once again for listening. Thank you all for watching if you're watching this on YouTube. And I'm going to catch you all later. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all, and I'm out. Peace.